0: All right, go ahead and start turning to Exodus chapter 19, and you can also go ahead and start turning toward Mark chapter 1. And it will eventually make sense why we're going to be reading so much about blood sacrifices and all kinds of things this morning as we get prepared for the Christmas season. Because those things go perfectly together, right? Christmas and blood sacrifice. I know everybody's always wondering, when are we going to get that great blood sacrifice sermon as we get ready for Christmas? So that's, that's not really what we're only focusing on this morning. But go ahead, and as you're turning to Exodus chapter 19, we are going to be kicking off our series this morning on Advent. Um, That is a weird word that not everybody usually uses when they start thinking about Christmas season, so just so we're all on the same page. When we say Advent, uh, the word Advent means uh, coming or arrival, and it's this this period that the church, uh, in the last few weeks, building up, leading up toward Christmas, uh, when we celebrate Christ's coming to be with us on earth, uh, for all of those reasons that we just sang about, and all of those songs were so perfectly filled with the gospel of what Jesus came to do and and what his purpose was in doing all of that. Um, As we we prepare for that, we're going to take four weeks and we're going to kind of look at some different themes and we're going to kind of prepare ourselves for that celebration of Jesus coming, that time of year when the church kind of celebrates that God sent Jesus to us to walk with us, to be with us, and ultimately to save us. Uh, so, we're going to take these next four weeks, we're going to kind of look at different different ways that we can we can think about Christ's coming, different ways that we can prepare ourselves for Christ's coming. Uh, it's fitting that I keep saying the word prepare, because one of our themes, and the theme we're going to be talking about today is is preparation, being prepared for being in the presence of God, being prepared for Christ's coming. Uh, we're also going to talk through themes like, like hope and joy and love, and it's going to be I think, I think a really good time for us to reflect on, on the hope and the joy that comes with knowing and loving Jesus and, and knowing and loving that God was sending his son for a very specific purpose because he loved his people, and he wanted to draw them back to himself. So we're going we're gonna to spend four weeks just kind of getting ready for, preparing ourselves, preparing our hearts for this time when we celebrate that Jesus is coming to be with us, or that Jesus came to be with us and now lives within us, if we are in Christ. And so we're talking about preparation, and we prepare for, for lots of things, right? We, we prepare for sermons, Sometimes, sometimes we wake up early in the morning if we're Caleb and we, and we prepare for sermons or we stay up really late and we prepare for sermons if you're me. And, 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 we, and we study and we get ready because, because God has called us to deliver some word, some sort of message. And so we take time to prepare for that. You prepare if you're an athlete and you're getting ready to, to beat the Bulldogs, right? Nobody, no amens on that one? Okay. But you work really hard, you prepare for some sort of some sort of physical thing that you're going to do. We we talked we prayed for it just a little bit ago. We're having the the prayer night tonight. And one of the things that we're doing as a part of the prayer night is we're trying to live stream. We've we've never live streamed anything from here except from a phone on like Facebook, off you know, just somebody standing there holding it. And we're trying to actually like do it a little bit professionally. And we've gone through a couple of different tests and we, we've checked different things, and some things worked, and some pieces of it didn't work. And so we're like, well, we've got to fix this, we've got to fix... But it takes lots of work to be prepared to, to deliver something like a live stream, or to be prepared to put on any sort of event that you're getting ready to put on, right? It, it, takes, it takes effort to accomplish this thing. These things don't just kind of happen. There's, there's preparation involved. Um, last week was Thanksgiving, and, guys, Alton Brown's deep-fried turkey recipe, oh my goodness, it's so good, it's so good, but, but here's the difference. Normally when you make a turkey, you thaw the thing, you put some stuff on it, and then you put it in the oven. But for this turkey, and, and for it to turn out as well as it does... It takes like 24 hours of preparation ahead of time. You got you to get it out. You got you to make a brine. You got to get it soaking in the brine. You got to do all of these different steps along the way to have these amazing results that you have, right? right. It, takes, it takes preparation to get this amazing result, to get this, this kind of, and when I say euphoric, when I'm talking about a turkey, I mean it. Like, like I, we ate, I ate a bite and then I started high-fiving people. Like, this thing was delicious. I'm also hungry this morning, so if a bunch of these references turn into food references, I apologize in advance. Um, I keep coming, as I keep thinking through, like, all of these different, like, how can I, how can I kind of build up the importance of preparation? I kept, like, I kept coming back to either be prepared from the Lion King, right? Or that scene in Beauty and the Beast, when they're getting ready for their big dinner date and they're like cutting the beast's hair and they're like bathing the beast and he's like, how do you feel like you look? And he's like looking at himself and they got all the bows and stuff in his hair. Like, and they're like, let's try this again. You know. Like, um, I kept coming back to, like all of these things that we put all of this effort into because something is so important to us that we want to be ready for it. Right? It, is, it is worth the effort because, because the thing that we're, we're going into, the event or the the meal. All of these things. The, I mean, think about, think about, for those of you who have gone on dates, think about when you're getting ready for a first date with somebody. You put you put effort in. Maybe you get your hair cut. Maybe you maybe you actually like put on like nice clothes. I believe I was, I had just finished teaching a taekwondo class and I was all sweaty. So that was probably not the best example. But You get prepared. And God has frequently called His people to prepare themselves to be in His presence. When we're going to be in the presence of God, we're called to take steps to be ready to... Step into the presence of God. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So if you're already in Exodus chapter 19, go down to verse 10. This is, Israel has been wandering in the desert and and God has been speaking to Moses. And now God says, I'm going to speak to my people. And these are the instructions that he gives to Moses before God will come and speak to his people. It says, the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for all the people. You shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. So God's saying, I'm going to come down and see my people. But if they're gonna be in my presence, they need to be ready. They have to be prepared. They need to consecrate themselves. That word consecrate means like like set themselves apart. Get themselves like separated from anything sinful, anything that God does does not interact with, anything that God cannot be a part of. Clean them up, put on new clothes. Make sure they're, they're ready to go and do this for a couple of days so that their minds and their hearts are in the right place. And then I'm going to come down. And when I come down, whatever amount of consecration they may can do for themselves is still not enough for them to come and even touch the mountain that I'm going to be on. Because I am so holy and so powerful. If they even came up and they touched a rock on the mountain, they'll die this is the kind of preparation that God wants us to think about when he's saying, when you're preparing to enter my presence, think about who it is that you are preparing to come and meet with. Think, be, be, be filled with awe and fear at my holiness and my power. Right? Don't, don't think of this as something to approach lightly. Sure, we can can approach approach God confidently. It says that in Hebrews. We approach the throne of grace with confidence. But it doesn't mean approach it with a cavalier mindset or or as if it's no big deal. He's still God. He's still holy. He's still powerful. He's still completely set apart from all of creation because only He is holy. Even when He was preparing the priests to enter His presence. I'm going to go ahead and flip over to Leviticus 16. If you'd like to join me, you can. But in Leviticus 16, God is giving instructions to Aaron on how he is to enter the Holy of Holies. Enter the room where the presence of God would be dwelling in and amidst his people. And when he says he's going to enter his presence in Leviticus 16, I'm going to start in verse 1. He says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they drew near before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. But in this way Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for the sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat and shall have the linen undergarment on his body and he shall tie linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban. These are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and then put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Do you see how intense this level of preparation is for one man to step into the presence of God one time? Right? He's he's supposed to come and, and bring the offering for the people. The goats that he was talking about right there at the end when he says two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burn offering, that's the offering for the people. But he's also coming in with a bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burn offering. Those two were just for Aaron. Aaron had to bring his own sacrifice just for himself, just so he could step into the room to offer the sacrifice on behalf of the people. And this is just so that he doesn't die when he steps into the presence of God. This is, this is what it looks like when, when something that is unholy, something that is broken, something that is sinful tries to enter the presence of the only holy, perfect being that we know, God. It's even, it, it makes reference to two Aaron's two sons who had died, who, who, didn't, who didn't follow all the rules, who, who kind of became flippant about the whole thing and stepped into the presence of God and were killed because they didn't prepare themselves in the way that was required to enter the presence of God. And I'm not trying to say this to say, if you come to church with the wrong mindset, God's going to kill you. That's not what I'm saying. We're going to end up somewhere else in just a minute. We're going to end up somewhere else. But, but I want us to appreciate the, the magnitude of what it means to be in the presence of the holy, sovereign creator of everything. Who is the perfect image of perfection. Who knows everything. Who, who, who understands all and is everywhere. Who is himself Omnipresent and omniscient, who's, who's eternal, all of these things that we are not and cannot make ourselves. I want us to appreciate what it means to be in the presence of one that holy. Because, because what we're going to be talking about, because what we're talking about today, this idea of being prepared to step into the presence of God, we get that when we're saved now. We are in the presence of God. Where two or more are gathered, there I am also. When we're saved, we are given the Holy Spirit living inside us. The presence of God goes with us as we're saved wherever we go. How is it that we are able to be in the presence of God in this way and not be killed? Because, because we already know, we as the church on this side of the cross know what Jesus' sacrifice meant. We know that it made a way for us to be in the presence of God. We no longer need an Aaron to serve as our priest. We are now a nation of priests who have been called out. The magnitude of being in the presence of God requires, required all of this intentional prep work that now, the call, but that call wasn't only left to those in the Old Testament we are also called to be ready to be in the presence of God. We don't just flippantly approach God. I told you to be turned into Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, we're going to meet, uh, we, we meet John the Baptist. And it says, In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah by the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. God sent this messenger ahead in John the Baptist to say, Jesus is actually coming now. You've been waiting for him for hundreds, thousands of years. Ever since since the fall, when God promised that he was going to send a rescuer, he was going to send somebody to free us from our sin and to make a way for us to be brought back into the presence of God. John the Baptist is saying, he's coming. It's really soon. If you haven't read the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is just a, kid, it's a kid's Bible, it, it is the best, simplest way of telling you how to prepare your heart for being in the presence of Jesus. Because if, just the Old Testament section, every single story says This is one step along the way to God sending the rescuer. This is the next step toward God sending the rescuer. The rescuer's coming. He's coming and he's coming for you. And I want you to be ready. God's giving all of these signs about this is what the rescuer is going to look like. This is what the rescuer is going to look like. And now John the Baptist is here. He's saying the rescuer is coming and he's coming very soon. They're kind of in this, this, this Advent stage that we're in right now where we're getting ready to celebrate Jesus's coming, but we're reminding ourselves what it feels like to anticipate his coming. We're preparing for his coming. He's saying, He's saying, get yourselves ready because Jesus is going to be here soon. And I want us to think about what the world looked like then because, because here's the cool thing. Um, we prepare our hearts to come into the presence of God. We prepare In the Old Testament, they would prepare themselves. They put on certain set of clothes, and they'd they'd, they'd offer all these sacrifices so they could step into the presence of God. But God, at the same time, was preparing the world for Jesus. He was taking steps to ready the world for Jesus' arrival. Um, I I really, and this has been a while since I took church history, but I loved my first church history class because uh, like the first quarter of the class really just focused on the world as it prepared for Jesus' arrival. And it really just demonstrated this amazing picture of what the world looked like and how the world was kind of primed and ready for the Messiah to come and effectively reach all the nations of the world. Because um, right before, right before, I say right before, many, many, many years before Jesus came, um, these, different, these different nations kind of took over and ran the world at different times. And they kind of imposed different portions of their culture on the world as they would take over. And when Alexander the Great took over, he kind of instituted this common language. He said, I want everybody to be speaking the same language so that... He was thinking so that, that all these nations lose their identity and they kind of become one with us. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to institute this, this common Greek language that all the people of the world, everybody that I control will know. So everybody speaks a common language. And then, and then after Alexander the Great came the Roman Empire. And when the Roman Empire came, they started saying, we want to be able to trade easily. So we're going to build all of these roads that connect all of these nations and all of these cities so that travel will be faster than it ever has been before. So that by the time that Jesus came, all the nations of the then kind of known regions of the world were speaking the same language and had easily, easy modes of travel from... What, easy relatively speaking, from place to place. So so the world was like primed and ready for a group of people to fall in love with a Savior and be called to go out and take the gospel with them and, and and to win others to the cause of Christ. They could go anywhere as quickly as they ever could in the history of the world and they could speak to anybody that they would come across because they spoke the same language. And and all of these things seem like they're just things that happened to have happened and it worked out really well for the sake of the church. But no, this was God preparing the earth, preparing the nations to receive his son. God was preparing us just as we are preparing for him to come. Because here's the cool thing. When he did come, and he did offer himself as a sacrifice... And, and He was broken on our behalf so that He could now make us one of His son, sons or daughters. Just like we were talking about for the last several weeks. We have been adopted into the family of God. Now that He has done that, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. We, we have been made holy because of Jesus' holiness. We don't have to offer a bull or a ram or a goat to enter the presence of God. We now have the broken, sacrificed Lamb of God who has allowed Himself to be be destroyed for our sake when He did not deserve it, to to, to take on our sin, to to take on all of those sacrifices on Himself, to be the one perfect sacrifice so that we can enter the presence of God. We now can approach God. We We can have a prayer night where we don't need one person to pray on our behalf for everyone else. But instead, we can, we can all get down on our knees and we can beg God to do things. We can ask God to move and to work. We can approach God in this way. We don't need a priest anymore. We have Jesus who is our high priest and he has made us priests himself. And so as we're as we're entering into this month where it's really easy to be like, i got to make sure I get a present for this person, and a present for this person, and this person, and i got to make sure I've got these decorations up in this place, and I've got to make sure my house is clean because people are going to come over and stay at my house, and all of these other things that we get prepared for, we think about this idea of preparation because, because we value the people we want to give something to. We, we value that we don't want the people coming over to our house to feel like they need to like, take a shower when they leave so we clean up our place or whatever it may be. Sorry, I'm just thinking of, I'm messy. I'm messy. Surprise, I'm messy. This mindset of being prepared, getting ready, cleaning things up, setting things apart for people who are important or things that are important to us. We have this kind of mindset because because, we have to, we, because because God wants us to be preparing ourselves to be in the presence of His Son, His Son who is going to come and walk amongst us. And that, and that call for preparation continues for us now on this side of the cross because He's going to come back. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4 says, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for the day... For that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. He's saying, Jesus is going to come back and we're ready for it because we're his people. So don't sleepwalk through life. Don't sleepwalk through as you continue to go. Be awake. I'm not cool enough to use the word woke. Isn't that a thing the kids say these days? Be woke. Is that a thing? Hope not. not. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's not a thing. Okay, good. Just stop. Okay. I'm too old. I'm too old. But like that's that's basically the call he's saying. Be awake. Be alert because Christ is going to come back, and He doesn't need to surprise you because you are children of the day. You're children of the light. You're the ones who are awake. You're the ones who know it's going to happen. So so be ready for His return. What does being ready for His return look like? Are you doing the things that He's called you to do? Are you taking the gospel to the nations? Are you you loving your brothers and sisters? Are you following the commands of God? Are you staying away from sin? Because He's saying, there are those who are still in the darkness, who are are drunk and not paying attention, and they're going to be real embarrassed when Jesus comes back. That's not you. He's saying, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be shocked when Jesus comes back. You're going to be prepared for his return because you know it's coming. And so you're going to be living in such a way that when he comes, you're like, look at what I'm doing. I'm so excited to see you, right? Right, like think through that. We all did this, I'm sure. When our parents said, go clean your room. And then we didn't. And I know that. Again, I'm messy, right? And then, and then, you're sitting there playing with some toy or something. This was literally two days ago for me, probably. No, I'm just kidding. No, no and then you're like sitting there and you're playing with a toy and your parents like come stand in the doorway and they're just sitting there watching you not obey. And then you finally realize they're there and you're like, oh man, um, I was just about to start cleaning. That was the thing that I was, I was this, this was the first thing that I was cleaning. I just happened to be, yeah, no recovering, right? That's not who we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be the people who've been told, go be doing these things as my people. And then when he comes back, we feel embarrassed when he catches us doing whatever it is that we're doing. He's saying, be awake, be ready, be actively pursuing the commands that I've given you. Because you get it. You know what? You know I'm coming. There's, it's not going to be surprising to you. This is one of those good times to ask one of those, you know, kind of rhetorical Questions where I say, ask yourself, if Jesus came back right now, are you going to be embarrassed? Are you going to be worried? Are you going to be like, man, I'm really proud of what it is you've done for me, what it is you've, what it is you've made me into, and what, the things that I'm, I'm accomplishing for your glory, for your name right now. Are we intentionally living out our Christian walk? Are we intentionally living out what it looks like to be the church? Are we flippantly treating church just like a thing that we go to? Or when we come, are we here? Are we present? Are we engaged? How do you prepare yourself to come and be around the body of Christ? How do you prepare yourself to sing songs in the morning or or to study the Word with the church? Do you prepare yourself for having lunch with us afterwards? Or is it just, I'll grab a sandwich and then I'll leave? Or do you actually think about the, the joy that can come with, and I say can because it's not true for everybody, and I want it to be. Do you prepare your heart to sit down and have a meal with your brothers and sisters in Christ and rejoice that you're eating an amazing sandwich or an amazing hot dog together and you get to have a cool, a cool conversation with them about whatever's going on in their life? Good, bad, unrelated to church, related to church, whatever it may be. Do you, find, do you, do you prepare yourself to be joyful when you are then gathered together with the church? is your heart in the right place or are you somewhere else are you preparing yourself to be gospel carriers wherever you go are you prepared to give an answer if somebody asks you a question about the hope that is in you if somebody says what gives why are you this way are you ready to answer are you prepared are you are you willing or are you going to shy away Do you value the presence of God with the same reverence that was once displayed? Sure. We're not going to die when we step into the church if we haven't taken a bath. If we haven't changed our clothes. But God is still the same. He has not changed. The way that we're allowed to approach Him may have changed, but he He is still perfect and awesome and to be feared because of His great power and His holiness. But he set us apart to be able to enter his presence and talk to him. But do do you still think of him that way? I'm not trying to say, are you scared of God? That's not the question that I'm trying to ask. But do you revere him? How does it affect your heart when when you realize that you are in the presence of God? When you are praying, you are praying to the creator of everything. as you live your life, if you are saved, do you find yourself constantly thinking about the fact that the the presence of God, the creator of everything, is with you wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you say, whoever you say it to, whatever place you put yourself in. We've been called to be holy. We've been called to be set apart for God. We've been called to live lives that that honor the commands of God and stay away from the things that he's told us that we ought not do. Does the fear of being in the presence of God keep us attuned to these things? I'm not saying... We all need to start wearing white robes with white turbans and tying white sashes and bathing ourselves right before we come in here and sing. I think that would look a little bit funny, and I think people would look at us a little bit weird. Because we have Jesus who's, who said, we don't need any of that anymore. We just, need, we just need Him. We just need complete and total surrender to Him. And then we can enter into the presence of God through His sacrifice. We, we don't need all of those things. But does your life look like He's called you out of that? Like He has set you apart? Like He has consecrated you? Does the way that you worship, does the way that you respond, does the way that you interact with the church, does the way that you share a meal together, does the way that you talk, does the way that you text, does the way that you post on social media reflect that you are changed and set apart to be with Him? Because we're going to celebrate. Like, I want, I want these next few weeks to be celebratory and happy and joyful. As we, as we revel in the glory that is, we, get, we got Jesus. Jesus came to be with us. This is an amazing thing. And I want us to be there. But I want us, but I want us to be ready. I want us to show up ready to worship, ready to be joyful. Ready to, be, ready to be able to give an answer for the hope that is in us. I want us to be hopeful. I want us to be joyful. I want us to understand what love it took for Christ to be here. And we're going to talk about all these things as we lead up toward our celebration of Christ's coming to be with us. But, but if we're going to do that, we've got to have our hearts in the right place. We've got to be prepared. We've got to be present. And so, and so I want us as we, even now, as we're going to respond in just a second, I want us to be prepared for response time. I don't want us just to think, and now he's going to stop talking and I get to go to the bathroom. I'm not saying you can't go to the bathroom. You're welcome. But I don't want that to be your primary motivating factor for, for the presence of response time. I want us to be present and engaged. I know there are lots of distractions that can go on in church, especially in our church. Like, we got, we got two roads that are really close. we got kids. But we love our kids, and we want our kids to see this too. So even if they're goofy, even if they're distracting, we can still be present and engaged and focused on what it is that God has done. Because, because of the way that we prepare our hearts for these times we got to be prepared. Things are going to be distracting, but I'm here for for the sake of the church and for the sake of the gospel. So I'm going to pray in just a second, and then we're going to sing some songs. I didn't even look ahead, so I'm just going to assume that every song that Nick picked is the perfect response song for this because the Holy Spirit's really cool and works a lot of cool things out that way. But we're going to respond. And, and as we respond, let us look at ourselves and ask how how we prepare ourselves for being in the presence of God. That's the question I want you asking yourself. Do I come to church ready? Do I, do I open my Bible ready to actually learn something whenever I'm studying, when I'm apart from the church, when I'm at home or wherever I am, as I'm doing my study? Am I doing my study when I'm not here? Is my heart really in a place where it's ready to be engaged with the creator of everything? Am I approaching him and... and And the Christian life, our walk as we pursue Christ, am I I following this walk in a way that reflects the worth that he is so owed, the worth that he deserves, the the attention, the focus um, that, that I ought to be giving? That's what I want us to be asking now. So let's go ahead and pray.